I have like Assassin's Creed Odyssey right next to my desk right now, and I'm like, I told my friend I'd let him borrow it, but I'm just like, I don't want to still keep playing it because like I dove into those two expansion stories and they're like really good. Um, but I also need to start playing some other games too. So, dude, ever since you, or? every every since like ever since you started talking about it again, I'm like, fuck, do I want to jump back into that, dude? That took over our lives for like three months. Fuck yeah, dude! That game's awesome, and you're not even halfway through the cultists, which is yeah, insane. no, yeah, no. Yeah. So if I jump on it, it's gonna take over this entire year. I feel like yeah, like it's so good, dude. Like, and I played that game way more than you played it. Um, after God of War, it after was... God of War, after God of War. You haven't beat that yet. No, I like. Oh. I think God of War think, has wait, like you. It has you like played, twelve uh, chapters, Star Wars, right? Yeah, I played Star Wars. I oh, stopped okay. God of War to play Star Wars, and I beat that. Yeah. But uh, God of War has 12 chapters, and I'm on chapter 7. So yeah. I'm almost there. So I'll, I'll get to it eventually. I might okay. actually play God of War right after this. To I think I'm going to finish. Yeah, I was probably actually going to play a little bit more Odyssey. But I think I'm going to start Spider-Man next once I give my friend this game. So uh, it'd be Yeah, crazy. you have... Dude, I finished, I finished Spider-Man in like less than three days i think yeah i think Um, i was still working at the comic shop and i think i asked off for those like three days (laughs) yeah i binged that entire thing yeah that's nuts um anyways uh yeah i don't know that game's awesome i'm gonna keep playing that i gotta finish spider-man but um one of the biggest talking points that we're gonna talk about on this podcast because it's been the one of the biggest freaking things and i know people are still gonna complain about it is yes, Robert Pattinson is still fucking skinny. Like, we're going to throw that out there right now. We're going to talk about this because it's going to be a big deal. I think it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until the bat suit comes out and until he looks like a badass in the bat suit, people are going to be like, he's skinny. He's skinny. He's skinny. And and we we talked about it a little bit at work. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we talked about how kind of normal the skinny Batman is technically. Because yeah. when you look at uh, freaking, well, the most iconic would be fucking Adam West. And I know that's a little silly because it was on TV. But even yeah. when you go to George Clooney, Val Kilmer, Christian Bale, they were all skinny Batman. They weren't like freaking ripped. I, like that was the crazy thing about Ben Affleck. Let's be yeah, honest. He was massive. The, the craziest thing about Ben Affleck is that he was a monster when he put that bat suit on and yes it's awesome because we get to see a little bit more of the muscles that we see in comics with that but Mm -hmm. batman doesn't necessarily need to be fucking like full of steroids you know yeah yeah so not saying ben affleck was but i think he was actually (laughs) um but uh (laughs) that's uh, not what i meant by the way but yeah uh i think tom hardy took steroids for uh bane bane really i think so Wow. That's what I heard, but I mean, I don't. I'm not that guy's trainer, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he's gonna be skinny, and and you can really see it in that Dior commercial. I think it's Dior. It was a big cologne commercial, and it's like him and this girl, and they're like being all romantic and doing like a lot of flirty stuff in the in the commercial because I saw it. Now he does look very Bruce Wayne in it, which yeah. is really cool because they have him in a tux, and of course he's like being you know very playboy with this M- girl, Mr. Suave. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. he's gonna do good in Bruce Wayne, but I think yeah, it's unfortunately 
Affleck's Batman. I think every Batman you follow, people are gonna be like, "Oh, fuck you!" Like the ba- previous Batman was the best. You know what I mean? Um, because a lot of people liked Bale. Although I will be one of the first ones to say, like Bale's Batman was kind of boring at times. Specifically, his fights were kind of boring, and uh, I think his overall oh movies gosh, were really yes. good. But his fights were boring, and then you get somebody like Affleck who gives us the greatest Batman scene of all time in the warehouse. And you're just like, oh my god! I'll say action scene because I know some people are like, oh my god, you're gonna be the interrogation scene. You know, everybody's gonna say that kind of crap. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say action scene uh, in the warehouse scene. That is by far the best Batman action scene. And um, yeah, now people are gonna be like, that is what every fight scene needs to be like. And that's gonna be intense because I don't know if Matt Reeves is gonna give us that. And, um, you know, we'll see. And I'm not I'm not partial because I think we said it on this podcast that uh, we think this suit's going to be padded a little bit. Like, it's going to have the muscles, but they're going to be fake. And um, I kind of think that's what's going to happen. Because, uh, you know, it's not going to be as bad as the 90s ones, I don't think. But I do think that they're going to buff up the arms a little bit. They're going to buff up the chest and the abs probably in these suits. Um, and just as long as we don't, as long as we don't get the bat nipples, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I don't know, like I've, uh, I know you were talking to somebody in our discord, um, about that one photo that's going around that has been leaked, uh, on the internet, which has been the, um, what was it called? It was the freaking, uh, uh, Lieber Mayhew. Okay. I was was like, Lieber Mayhew design is what, uh, what was going on. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, it, you know, you said it was fake. It was proven as fake online. Yeah, so, so there was, there's been three different pictures that have been coming out with that design. Uh, some of them are really close up. Some of them are kind of far away. And then one is, like, purely, like, a Photoshop thing. But it's the Libra Mejo Noel suit yeah. that is so famously drawn. Uh, and... It's actually, there is a, I forgot the actual name of it, but there's these people that actually create the cowl for like cosplay, yeah. but it's like high-end professional stuff. Yeah, it's like I've looked RFX into, or something like that, or VFX. Yeah, I've looked into, yeah, 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 like Tiger something uh, FX, yeah. but I, uh, I've i looked into possibly owning one just to like keep on my desk, mm-hmm. just like a Batman cowl. I thought that would be kind of cool, but, uh, but they took that photo along with like a cosplayer and then they just photoshopped it yeah. into it and then made it blurry to make it seem like oh this mm-hmm. was a you know behind the scenes photo blah blah blah. but yeah it has yeah. been proven fake okay yeah because that's something i have been seeing floating around um so yeah that is one of the biggest things that people are going off of and then um yeah like i said we've seen updated photos of freaking robert pattinson they are filming this movie now he is in london and he's, yeah, you're not going to gain, you know, 20 pounds of muscle in two weeks. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah. uh, if you were hoping for a massively, I mean, the thing, the unfortunate thing, though, is he doesn't look buff, like, at all. Like, he looks like a skinny dude. Yeah, and, and I don't think, I don't think different. if, like, I'm sure he could get toned, which I'm, mm-hmm. okay, like, make him look like he has the six pack and he has, like, the, yeah. the, you know, all of that stuff. But I don't see him getting any bigger than he already is. Yeah. 
you know? And it's unfortunate, you know, and maybe maybe they just won't give maybe they won't give the ladies and the gentlemen the freaking shirt off photo. You know what I mean? Like they're like, you know, we're gonna pass that this time. So uh, you're always gonna be clothed. So, I don't know. If 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 Selena Kyle's in there, I think that Yeah, but are we gonna we gotta remember this is gonna be a trilogy. So are they gonna give us the goods on the first freaking movie? I don't think so. I think it's gonna be her playing him the whole time. Maybe they have a kiss at the end of the movie, but ain't yeah. gonna be no bounce a wow wow in this one. So I think that's gonna be in the <laughs> next movie, giving this dude multiple years to freaking buff up and actually look better. Yeah. Um, because I think you know he was filming Tenant, and they were like, "Yo, we got to get this movie out immediately." So you know what? We're just gonna deal with it. So yeah. hopefully he'll start, you know, hopefully he's training through the movie and he'll keep training with whatever movies he does after this. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, um, you know, I don't think it looks good, but it's because we had fucking Ben Affleck following him. So that's yeah. kind of unfortunate. But speaking of Selena Kyle, I did read an interesting article of her talking about Catwoman and the idea of it. And it got me a little worried because although Pattinson ain't going to have the look of a, like a built ripped Batman, he has been reading comics like crazy apparently. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz though has pretty much came out and said that she's seen enough of Catwoman that she knows she, what the character's like. She is basically from what I saw on Ellen, she's basically looking at Michelle Pfeiffer as inspiration. Yeah, but she which says Which does worry me a little bit. Yeah, so this is what she quotes in. Uh, she was talking. She was promoting her uh, high fidelity. I think is this show she's on. She was okay. promoting it at this thing. She says, "I think Catwoman. Okay, I think Catwoman Selena Kyle represents really strong femininity. I'm excited to dive into that. Um, I think femininity re- represents power, and I think it's a different kind of power than masculine power. That's something that's really interesting about Batman and Catwoman. I think Batman represents a very kind of masculine power, and she basically goes on and says that how they're different." Um, and then she, let's see, blah, blah. Um, and then she goes down here and she's like, I think Catwoman is an iconic character. I was never into a lot of comic books, but that world has always really intrigued, has been intriguing to me. And then of course, Michelle Pfeiffer, her performance has always been super inspiring to me. It just felt iconic. So I don't know if Kravitz is reading comic books and that does worry me. I don't think she is. And the unfortunate thing is if she goes back and watches Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. watches freaking Anne Hathaway, I I don't know if she's going to find her Catwoman. Exactly. You know, she's going to be playing a mixture of both because those are the most modern Catwoman on screen that she's going to be able to be like, okay, this is easy yeah. access. I just need to watch this like 15 minutes of each and then I got it. Okay. And of course... I feel like yeah. I've I I mean I think it would it would be something that Matt Reeves would say be like hey there's a lot of source material on this character if mm-hmm. you want you can read this this and this yeah yeah and I'm hoping that's kind of where it is and I'm hoping she has read some stuff you know what I mean if she, all she needs to do if she wants to get those Instagram likes up just have her reading like the Long Halloween and just to see Catwoman everybody's like oh my gosh she's reading the comic book she's gonna blow up and that's what people would just freak out. Um, yeah. But I just don't... Uh, if she doesn't read anything, that's going to be worrisome to me. Because I did not like Anne Hathaway's portrayal of Catwoman. I didn't feel like it felt like Selena Kyle. It didn't just... It 
didn't give me that vibe. Michelle Pfeiffer is peak Catwoman. Like, she was a badass. But, but see, I, that version of Catwoman is mm-hmm. dated. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Selena Kyle was never the ditzy part in that movie. Yeah. But Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman was perfect, in my opinion. Not the Selena Kyle part, the Catwoman part. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I, again, I have not seen a lot of Zoe Kravitz, wor- a, a lot of her work, so I don't know if she does the sexy thing very well. She has the look now. The haircut, the body type, everything, she has it for Catwoman. So I think she's going to be able to kill that. But I'm just very worried that she's going to try to bring a personality that doesn't fit with Selena Kyle. And yeah. That was my only issue. And I think she could read Tom King stuff. She could read Long Halloween. She could read even the New 52 Catwoman stuff. And you would get a sense of, I mean, hell, read Joelle Jones shit. You're good. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, she would be fine. So I, I would hope that she actually is reading but and that quote is just like I wasn't into them when I was little, but of course I am an actress. I am doing my research. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully that's what that means, and it's not like hey, I'm not reading anything. But um, so yeah, so there is. Uh, those are some of the biggest news with our two leading actors. I'm gonna assume they're both the leading actors in this movie, but it, Gordon could be a leading actor for all I know. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna say that Catwoman and Batman are gonna be really big in this movie. Now, one thing that we do need to debunk immediately right now, because people have been going off the wall about this, Colin Farrell, a.k.a. Penguin, a.k.a. Oswald Cobblepot, has not started filming his stuff in Batman. Everybody's been going off the wall saying that, oh, look at this freaking blurry photo of Penguin. He's got an umbrella. He's got white hair. And then Colin Farrell just so happened to have white hair in another photo. Um, Yeah. And uh, everybody's like, oh, look, it's going to be him. There's going to be a crazy different version of of Penguin. And you said it. people were pointing out it looked like there was something on his face or something. Yeah, like in, in one of the blurry photos, the set photos or whatever, mm-hmm. it looked like there was something very like prominent about the nose. So yeah. everybody was like, oh, they put a prosthetic on his nose to make it look crooked and make it look pointy and all this. So I was like, uh, I guess you can kind of see it, but it's a blurry flo- photo. Yeah. So you can't be like, oh, that is definitely a prosthetic. You can definitely tell that it's Oswald Cobblepot. So, I mean, for me, I legit, like, first glance, I'm like, cool, he's filming. And even yeah. seeing that photo with the Starbucks cups with his white hair, you know, kind of fropped up in the front, I was like, okay, that is kind of a different look for him. But I guess, you know, whatever, let's, let's try yeah. it. But when you told me this, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Because he yeah. was on, uh, well, you go ahead and you, yeah, you, yeah, looked, yeah. So, you saw it so, more. Yeah, so I saw this. I actually uh, texted Clay this morning. I was like, hey, that Colin Farrell photo or that Penguin photo is not real. And uh, he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, Colin Farrell hasn't even started filming yet because he was on Ellen recently. And he dropped that. Um, she talked about the photo. She was like, hey, can we talk about this photo? And she posted the weird photo with the coffee cups in his hair. And he was like, yeah. He was like, she was like, what's going on here? He was like, well, uh, because in, in the interview, he has black hair, like jet black. Like he has his brown hair or black hair again. And so she's like, what was going on here? He's like, yeah, well, I dyed it. And he was like making jokes about the kind of hair dye he bought, like at the store. And he was uh, it started off like that. Then it went to purple. Then it went to an ugly ass green. And then it went to what you see in this photo. 
And, like, he was just talking about how it was just all crazy. Apparently, Colin Farrell was filming something in uh, Greenland or something like that, or Iceland or something. And that is why his hair was different colors. I don't know if it's a documentary. I don't know if it's a movie. But he was filming something recently. He has just gotten back to the States. He was in L.A. He said he dyed his hair. And Ellen's like, what are you doing next? He's like, I'm going to be playing uh, Oz Cobble. He says Oz Cobblepot. But he's like, I'm going to play Cobblepot in the Batman in two weeks in London. So he hasn't even started filming. So the photo that's going around is totally not him. Now, if they were going to do that style, I don't understand why Well, it why is him. Would... It's just not Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. No, I meant the blurry photo. The blurry photo. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, the blurry photo. The one of him holding the coffee cups is totally him. But <laughs> the blurry photo that everybody's saying, that's Penguin, blah, 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 is not him. Um, and now, granted, they could still do that style, but I don't know why they would make him dye his hair black. It makes no sense. So I'm going to say... Nothing has been done with Oswald Cobblepot, which kind of makes me happy because in that maybe he can get in a fat suit or something if they want to really go classic Penguin of Chubby, uh, which would be really cool. Colin Farrell is a great character actor as well, I think, uh, yeah. which he was promoting The Gentleman, which he is doing like a hardcore gangster like character, like a funny type gangster character, it seems like in this movie. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really interesting. Um, the one thing that um, I will say about this movie, though, which I told Clay that that photo that is blurry that everybody's like, well, what could it be now? I was like, it could be Carmine Falcone, which nobody's talking about because that character has been cast in the movie. Carmine is somebody that is very businessy. He is going to be in the mob, and he has actually had white hair in the comics. So it could very, be, very well be that blurry photo is an important character. It's just not Penguin. It could be Carmine Falcone. Okay. You know, I... I could definitely see that. You know, we haven't heard anything from the other actors on whether they are filming or whatever. We know that, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot his name, uh, Gordon, who's... Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. He was one of the first people to announce that he was filming. Now, we haven't heard anything from our Falcone actor. We haven't heard anything from the Riddler actor. Uh, we haven't heard anything... Well, we've heard a little bit about... Uh, Skarsgård or Scar? Yeah, Peter Sarsgård. Sarsgård, not not Skarsgård. Sarsgård. Yeah. God, that is a tongue twister yeah, within itself. Sure. Um, but we have heard a little bit about that. We will talk about that later. But you know, we don't know who is exactly in London at this moment. So yeah, for sure. Who knows? Who knows? And somebody else got cast recently that we kind of—I don't even know the actor's name, but we yeah, threw it yeah, out there. Uh, Maybe Bullock. You know, I. I recently heard a podcast uh, today at work saying that yeah. there was somebody who is from, I don't know. Like a big it, show. Oh, was he it? was from uh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. That's what it was. That's what it was, yeah. Chernobyl. I was like, I know it was mm -hmm. on HBO. I almost said Game of Thrones for some reason. But no, <laughs> yeah, no, no. no Chernobyl. Uh, it's, it's Chernobyl. Uh, and somebody did say that, you know, it's a possibility of being, uh, uh, the, the oh my gosh, Harvey, I almost, Harvey Bullock. 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 I yeah, almost yeah. said Harvey Dent. Yeah, because he, like, he is. There's so many Harveys. A, yeah, he is kind of a bigger guy. So um, I think if you do have Gordon, it's nice to have Bullock. Because I don't think we've ever seen Bullock in the show or in the movies. Have we ever seen uh, Bullock? No. You know, yeah. the one guy that I thought was Bullock in the mm. uh, Bale franchise, it wasn't Bullock. Mm. So yeah. I think the only Bullock we have ever seen is in the animated series. 
Yeah, and I think Bullock is a really good character. I've always enjoyed him. I mean, he's the current uh, commish right now in the comics, so that is interesting. Um, And I've always enjoyed the character, so I do want to see him on... um, on you know the big screen because I think he's you know he could be the comedic relief you know what I mean for sure um and and I, I I surprisingly that was one of the things I actually did enjoy about Gotham was their their actor that played Bullock oh I, I love that also, actor yeah, yeah yeah he's I think he was amazing and I always loved when he had a good story going on so yeah there's a lot happening with um this Batman movie and it's a lot to get excited about especially when Peter Sarsgaard um actually came out and said this about the movie because now he doesn't confirm if he's filming, but he has read the script. And this is what he says. Uh, So this is a quote coming from Collider. It says, The cast is so awesome, it seems different from other Batman movies to me, just with the cast. There's something about it that has an edge. It's young. To me, just my perception of it, it reminds me of when I was in college and I went to go see the Pixies play and looking around feeling the vibe at a Pixies concert. That's what it felt like to me, and a song like I Bleed, that has the energy and that sort of thing, and it is specifically targeted to a very young audience. Okay, it isn't so specifically targeted to a very young audience or a very old audience, but that power, it's a power of chaos in it. So I fucked up the ending of that thing, but you basically got it. It's not targeted towards a young audience, which is a lot of people are jumping on this because they're like, oh, sweet. We're not going to get some fluffy Batman piece, which I think a lot of people are down for. And if you've ever seen a Matt Reeves movie, he doesn't do fluffy pieces. No, not at all. His things are character driven and they're pretty crazy at times. You know what I mean? Oh, fuck yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear that, you know, and especially when you have actors that say they're pumped about a project and you don't even know what they're doing. Like, it's exciting. You know what I mean? And so hearing that this isn't targeted at a young audience and it's not targeted at an old audience, we could get something very special here. Granted, you're not going to get your massive freaking Batman, you know, hulked up. But, you know, again, I think once that suit hits, if it's a nice, really awesome suit and it makes him look like he's like intimidating, people aren't going to care. You know, I think it's just like, like, no, he looks awesome. And yeah. uh, yeah, so I, I'm getting really excited about this. I know every day we're constantly waiting to just see a leaked bat photo. Um, will it ever happen? I, I almost like screwed up the entire thing between us. and Because remember I sent you that photo. I was like, holy shit, yeah. what's going on? But then it dawned on me. I'm like, oh, this is the old like leaked photo of Affleck when he, was, yeah, when he was on the Suicide Squad set. I'm like, I'm yeah. so dumb. Like I, but I'm yeah. so pumped to see it. I'm just like, oh man, any glimpse. Yeah, like, no, and and I so. and I get that. I actually got that sent to me this morning by somebody. Oh really? Uh, they're like, Juice, check this out, and I'm like, yeah, that's from the Suicide Squad set. And they're like, oh, so this this account's bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, they're bullshitting. Um, oh, that's so funny. it's funny if if we've never said it on this podcast before, be very very weary of what you see on Instagram and Twitter. Like it's very, if it ever says sources, we got this covered. It's trash. 100%. 100%. And also we are quickly learning that discussing film is also pretty terrible. A it's becoming a meme uh, as far as the exclusive stuff that they throw out there. Uh, I feel like it's ran by the same guys who uh, run. We got this covered. Like it's gotten that bad. 
Yeah, they're uh, they're they're pretty bad because I think the latest thing we got discovered said they said that HBO Max is uh, gonna do a Brandon Routh series. That was their latest thing, a Superman yeah. Brandon Routh series. And I was like, shut up, like just get out of here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so don't don't ever pay attention to that. Unfortunately, a lot of people on Instagram just hear something and they throw it up there because they want the clicks. So uh, for sure, yeah. So there, that is pretty much all of the Batman news that I know about, well, unless you have something. Well, I have something. It's a little funny. It's not necessarily anything big news. Uh, the composer uh, of the Batman uh, came out okay. a couple days ago and was like, hey, you know, here's a little tease at the Batman theme. Don't tell anyone. And he did a little uh-huh. hush emoji. And it was like an orchestra of kazoos, just like playing some nice. random shit. Uh, so you, of course he he was joking around, but sure. just the fact that he's still like I think that his, that is his next project that he is yeah. like ready and and you know he said he's already and we talked about this before he's already have an yeah. idea and and has written the Batman theme I think he's composing it right now oh yeah he says it's done like yeah. he wrote it so Matt Reeves can listen to it while he was writing like, yeah that's so, how long ago he did it yeah so I'm I'm. St- like so excited to hear that he's still like engaged in that and he's ready yeah. to freaking put all of his work into it. Oh yeah, so, for sure. I I, I want to hear that theme. I just recently listened to a podcast of the composer of the Harley Quinn show and like okay. they they played a clip of the Batman theme in that and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, they're and he put up a really uh the composer in that was talking about how uh what composers do for a theme that is very iconic like the batman is the same thing that mcdonald's does with their big macs and i was like when he said that i was like what and he said that mcdonald's actually changes the recipe for the Mm -hmm. big mac every two years to make it more nostalgic to what your taste buds remember so what really so there is a basic recipe for a batman theme mm-hmm. that changes with mm-hmm. every composer so they get those like okay well yeah. I, it needs a rift here and a low here and that big peak here mm-hmm. and then you just you know do your own personal spin in between and you can definitely tell when you hear a lot of the batman themes you're like okay yeah. i can hear some of those similarities so whatever For he sure. brings out, it's gonna be a Batman theme, and so I'm super hyped to hear that eventually. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, and also there was uh, crap. What was I gonna say? Uh, you know, I lost it. Well, I, yeah. I while you're thinking about that, I will say the McDonald's thing. The new guy that they hired on third shift used to work at McDonald's, and I flat out asked him. I was like, "All right, man, what's not frozen there?" He's like, "Dude, the only thing that's not frozen there is a quarter pounder." Everything wow. else is frozen. Yeah. I was like, what? He's like, so if you ever want to eat something that's not frozen, you have to order a quarter pounder. So, yeah, random fast food <laughs> fact, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I eat fast food all the time. You shouldn't, though. I'll just tell you that right now. You shouldn't. I know it's cheap, it's convenient, but it's fucking awful for you. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, did you remember what you were trying to talk about? Like, uh, it no, was I, I, completely, I, I completely lost it. Yeah, no. I uh, brain farted. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, one thing, I have do have another thing talking about the Suicide Squad that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But one thing I do want to mention is Joaquin Phoenix has got another award for the Joker. He just yeah. picked up a SAG award. And uh, this, this, you know, I don't think this speech was a, as uh, cuss-oriented as the Golden Globe one. 
because it seemed like he was caught off guard with the Golden Globe one. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't think he would win on that one. But uh, this one was more kind of just giving thanks to everybody in his, like, that he was nominated with, which was Christian Bale. And he, yeah, like, the category. And, Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was really cool. And at the end of the thing, he was like, um, you know, I'm only here or something along the lines of uh, I just want to. He basically shouted out his favorite actor of all time, which is Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. He's like, I'm standing on the shoulders of Heath Ledger in this role. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool. You know, uh, it's unfortunate that Heath Ledger is not making movies anymore because he died shortly after filming, uh, you know, The Dark Knight. And that's kind of, uh, you know, but since that did happen, his legacy is going to be forever because everybody references that movie. Everybody still dresses up as the Heath Ledger Joker and still, uh, depending on who you talk to, say that is the greatest iteration of Joker there is. I think it's Mark Hamill. But, you know, I still think that, you know, Heath Ledger was amazing. And I went to go watch that film so many times because of him. Not because of. I don't Christian know if Bale. I, I. I think I've said it on this podcast. I don't know mm-hmm. if I. Uh, I. I know I've told you. Yeah, for sure. I. I used to work at the theater when the dark when that movie came out. I saw mm-hmm. that movie more than thirty times in the theater. That's so crazy. yeah, so I. I definitely love Heath Ledger's like just overall performance in that movie. And we saw some remnants and and callbacks to that movie and Joker in uh, DC Comics recently with the Batman. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's it's a very iconic piece, and I I for one am you know super uh, just like it, it warmed my heart when he was talking about all that, you know. Yeah. And sure. because you know somebody did point it out that. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is a very awkward person. Yeah, he's weird. and if you if you watch his interviews like on the spot or whatever, he says mm-hmm. the weirdest shit, like some of the yeah. weirdest shit. And so when he went up there and was actually leg- legitimately talking about these actors that you know were up for the same award, you know, best actor, uh, he genuinely said, "Hey, you know, I respect every single one of you guys." But I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my favorite actor. And that's when he said Heath Ledger. And I was just like, (laughs) Yeah, so it's nice that, you know, people are still giving shout-outs to Heath. Because, you know, he he won an award for that role. And, you know, unfortunately he wasn't there to accept it. Um, But going from there, uh, we have Suicide Squad news, kind of. Um, John Cena actually did an interview recently. Um, I don't know what he was doing an interview for, but we'll just say he was doing an interview. This is actually coming. I got it from Movie Web, but it, it's been on a bunch of different uh, articles as well. Um, he talked about Suicide Squad, and he said this about the screenplay. He was like, I was blown away. The first 10 pages are like a movie in itself. It's really, really special. It's because the guy steering the ship, Gun, is committed to a narrative and committed to creating characters that we connect with and sending them on this awesome journey. I mean, it's what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and it's really special. And then he went on to say that um, you want to go to work with people who jump out of bed every day, and you want to go to work, um, and you just want to go to work. James Gunn is the epitome of that. Uh, He cares so much about what he's doing, and I think especially when he's putting into the position to write, develop, and uh, do this, uh, his rule essentially, is in in his roles essentially. Uh, He chose the franchise, he kind of dictated his terms, and now he's really betting on himself and hope everybody enjoys seeing how much uh, we're enjoying making it because it's awesome. So that's what he went on to say about, you know, James Gunn and the movie. Of course, they, you know, the article, they try to see, like, oh, what's your role? 
course he didn't give out anything because these roles are so secretive. Now, obviously, the biggest part of this is saying the first 10 pages are like a movie in itself. Now, See, we have had that theory. I want to know mm-hmm. the first 10 pages of the script that he was given. Was it his script or mm-hmm. was it the entire script? You know, because there's I'm pretty been, sure it's the entire script. There's been times where character where some minor characters will only get like a certain amount of the movie script, you know? So yeah. that's my thing. Because if it feels like that with everybody's script, then mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. That like yeah. it's so cinematic that it's just like or some people might say, Oh, you know, that just means that it's all over the place. No, it just means that like from what we were talking about, you know, way back when we were hearing what this first part of the movie will be, the first yeah. ten pages is gonna be fucking nuts. Yeah. So I'm you mean super our theory for it. Yeah, our our theory yeah, for yeah. what's gonna be, you know, the first, you know, however, you know, long the the opening scene will be. I feel yeah. like it's gonna be fucking nuts, just to so show I... us like what James Gunn is gonna have in store for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's the whole script that he's referring to because also uh, I I follow James Gunn on Instagram he does a lot of Q and A's and stuff and he says he's very script oriented because people ask like if he's if he allows actors to like riff or like uh, improvise and he's like no he is like we stick to the script he's like it's very rare that you know we allow something to improvise unless we rewrite it right there on set he was all but for the most part I write my scripts very detailed and I want to stick to the script. So, um, you know, that's really interesting. And I think he's all about, you know, character development and how these characters grow. And he's been, he's that kind of person that, like, if somebody dies in his film, he wants it to be meaningful. So I'm pretty sure he gave the script to all of the main actors, which John Cena is going to be one of the main actors in the crew. So I think they've read everything so they know how the character across from them feels. You know what I mean? It's not just, it's not just like, oh, yeah, these are my parts. And it's not like... They have, you know, what whatever Endgame was, like 60-plus actors where they have to be like, okay, we can't give out the script because that's 60 scripts that can get lost. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're just going to give them their parts to the Tom Hollands of the world that, you know, leak everything. So, um, yeah. So with our theory, which if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, uh, you know our theory about Suicide Squad is we think the first few minutes of the movie is just going to be a lot of these random actors that have been cast for this movie are just going to get murdered at the start of this. We think it's going to be like a mission that they're going to be on. It's not going to be the original crew, although I think Rick Flagg might be there, to be yeah. honest, because he's like the leader. I think Rick Flagg will be there, and it's going to be a lot of these other uh, actors that are like, you know, Taki Wahidi. Is it Taika? Taika Wahidi, right? That's yeah. his first name. Uh, then it's freaking uh, Nathan Fillion. Um, what is it? Peter, um, uh, Pete, Pete uh, Davison. Yeah. Like those I, kind of people. I thought you were going to say uh, Peter Capaldi. I was like, <gasps> no, don't no. you dare say yeah. that. No, he, although he's in it too. Um, you know, freaking Pete Davison. There's a lot of these actors that have full time gigs elsewhere that, you know, probably wouldn't have the time to actually do this whole movie. So we think that there's going to be this just crazy montage of a lot of them getting murdered at the start of the movie while doing a mission because it's called Suicide Squad. The original story of Suicide Squad had a lot of characters dying in it, and that is the actual reference or source material that James Gunn is actually going to. So I think this would be kind of cool. 
And uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens and who survives that opening bit. And then we're going to get the full crew, which is going to be, you know, Margot Robbie, um, freaking Idris Elba, John Cena. Uh, I'm hoping Boomerang sticks around. I hope he doesn't die at the start of this. Um, I would assume Rick Flagg and just a whole bunch of other characters from the original movie as well. I hope they stick around because I actually enjoyed Boomerang and I enjoyed some of the people from the first one. So for sure, kind of upset that we're not getting Killer Croc, though. I really actually enjoyed Killer Croc. So, um, yeah, that's you know, true. It would have been cool to have him in there, but you know but what? Maybe since he'll we're be getting, in the next one. since we're getting King Shark, though, that's yeah, why. that that does make a lot of sense. Um, King Shark would be, yeah, King Shark would be pretty interesting. But yeah, so that is the uh, that is all the movie news. I don't know. Has there anything been going crazy in the shows? I have not been keeping up with it. I mean, um, other than the ending of the of the uh, crossover. Mm-hmm. nothing really crazy we know that uh the cw verse yeah the Arrowverse, has all merged and so they're all on one earth which is what everybody has always wanted so now yeah. we're gonna see more of those uh hopefully more of those uh small cameos of other characters and other shows to make it feel like more of a connected world which yeah. i would absolutely love uh and then they acknowledge the the dc universe shows they acknowledge uh, an old movie from the past. I'll just say that. I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they do do all that. Uh, but nothing really, as far as uh, TV goes, nothing has really, you know, been super uh, uh, crazy or they haven't announced anything yet. You know, we did talk about how there was a possible spinoff of the Super Sons uh, coming out of the Superman Lois Lane show. But yeah. we have no clue about that because it hasn't even started filming yet. So, who knows? Yeah. So, that'll be uh, very interesting. Um, uh, we, we've we talked about this at our day job, but, uh, you know, we'll throw this out to you guys. Do you think that HBO Max is going to be connected to the DCEU? I oh, told well, Clay... that's, something, oh. That's, that's something I wanted to talk about. That's something okay. that I wanted to bring up. It's not technically Batman related, but it could be. Because he has played a part in it. So mm-hmm. the big news this week was that uh, Bad Robot is mm-hmm. working with WB yes, to yes, develop yes. movies, TV, uh, for Justice League Dark. Now, yeah. I was going to you know, have this as a talking point because in the animated series and even in the New 52, one of the first, like I believe there's a few arcs where Batman was heavily involved. Yeah, uh, with he had Justice a movie League recently, Dark. didn't he? Yeah, the Justice League Dark animated movie. Uh, Batman yep. was a big part of it. Uh, in the uh, New Fifty Two Justice League Dark, it was basically Batman who got everybody together and said, "Hey, you need to become a team." Uh, so, yeah. in some capacity, you know, it it always irks me a little bit that like mm-hmm. Batman is always the person to get teams together. It's never yep. like somebody else. It's always like. I have to be in control of everything, and it's it's usually Batman. So, yeah. Do you think mm. that Batman or a Batman character should be a part of whether it be an HBO Max show, a CW show, or an actual movie? Should a Batman character be a part of the Justice League Dark franchise? Um, no, I don't think so. I think they have such great characters that they don't need to be. 
Although, you could easily have a Batman cameo. Because this is my thing, so I'll throw it out there because it, you know, it kind of ties into the question that I was saying. I do not mind HBO Max shows and the DC movies connecting. I don't want Arrowverse. Don't want any of that shit. If you want to reference Katie the Cassidy. Flash in his movie, uh, if you don't want to <laughs> reference, if you want to reference that Flash got his name from Grant Gustin's Flash, I'm totally okay with that. Be like, oh yeah, I heard that somewhere. You know, just like a little cheeky freaking line. Totally fine. Um, because obviously we know he gets it from the newspapers, like Iris gives it to him or whatever. You know, he's a Scarlet Speedster, or whatever. But if you want to do it that way, totally cool with it. Reference him that way, that's fine. But Knowing that HBO, seeing the quality of content that they put out in their shows, Game of Thrones, Chernobyl, freaking Watchmen, I would not mind those shows that are going to be DC properties connecting to the DC universe because they put in movie budgets into those shows. Give me eight episodes. Hell, give me six episodes. I think there was a minimum... I think on the on like when they were doing the exhibit for HBO Max, yeah, uh, I think they said that the movies and TVs are mm. or the shows on on that network will be like sixty five million dollars. So yeah. think of Joker budget, yeah, and Shazam then, budget almost, yeah, almost Shazam yeah. budget, yeah. Yeah, so you know what? I wouldn't mind that. We know that there is a Green Lantern show in development, and we were talking about this. You could have Hal Jordan and, you know, freaking um, Jon Stewart on that show if you wanted to. And then in the movie, you could have a big Latino representation with freaking, um, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Rayner. Yeah, there you go. Um, you could have men. How can you? How can you throw that out there? We don't have that many people. Okay, we don't have that many. And I just I forgot him. All right. Um, but yeah, Kyle Rayner, we could have on the freaking big screen. That would be really awesome because then you can build that like, oh, he's gonna eventually be the White Lantern or whatever with all the rings. Like that could be his story. That would be really awesome. But you're still getting Hal Jordan, John Stewart on the show, and you get that yearly. That might be pretty awesome. But yeah. he shows up they show up in the big movies, you know what I mean? So I think that would be really cool. Back to the Justice League Dark stuff. If you were to do a connected universe like that, which if I had to place a bet, I'm gonna say 60-40 that it is gonna be connected. Um, I would place that bet. But I would say that you just have that team be brought together by Batman. If you wanted like, yo, Pattinson, we need you to just do this, you know, something crazy is happening. Since Batman is the guy that has data on everybody, be like, look, I know these people. I've been keeping stuff on them. Let's put this team together. And you could have a cameo from anybody else. Be like, look, this isn't our realm. Like, we're not in this, but this team could do something. Yeah. Have the Justice League bring it together if you wanted to. Be like, look, you're, y'all are better at this. Work together. Solve this problem. We have other things we need to deal with. And bada bing, bada boom. That's how the Justice League Dark happens. Um, it would be cool... If HBO just went went ahead and stuck with the people from the DC Universe shows for Swamp Thing and had him stay a Swamp Thing, Whoa, that I, would be oh really awesome. Gosh, that would be amazing. And then, um, I unfortunately, he's Penguin now, but I always wanted Colin Farrell as freaking John Constantine. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's kind of out of the picture. But I know you were mentioning that it should be What's-His-Face from The Boys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah urban right yeah um, Carl urban 
Yeah, so, you know, that's a second, you know, for me, uh, that fi- I'd be fine with that. Um, although, I just feel like Colin Farrell would have been so much better. Um, especially, like, with his accent. I think it's just perfect. Uh, no, but, let's, uh, let's go back and bring in Keanu Reeves. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I like him as John Wick. I don't want him oh, in anything God. in the DC. But, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, I don't think you need a Batman uh, character in that show and plus, I mean, I would love to just see Zatanna shine. I would love to see John Constantine shine. Because John Constantine is the fucking Batman of the Dark Realm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's just that guy. So, um, yeah, I think they stand alone. You'd have Deadman. You'd have freaking, you know, Zatanna. You'd have Swamp Thing. And even Etrigan. Etrigan would be awesome. Uh, like, Jason you know, you Blood? Have, you know, Jason Hell Blood. yeah. Like, that would be dope. So... I'm really hoping HBO Max and AT&T get on board and they're like, you know what? We're going to connect these things. And, you know, because I honestly, I think that would help subscription services, honestly. Like if you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to connect it. Marvel's about to do it with Disney Plus shows. You know, everybody that loves Marvel is going to have that damn series already because they're going to be like, oh, all this stuff. HBO should do the same thing. So, um, yeah, but I think that is all the entertainment news that we have going um, there is no video game updates that we know about, ladies and gentlemen. So unfortunately, we got nothing to update you there. There's no new symbols. There's no new leaks. Um, it is just all just you know tumbleweed up in, in the area. air right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you know, when something gets launched, we'll definitely tell you about it. So <laughs> we're gonna. Uh, well, let's go ahead and move comics. to my to my question. You want? I you think know, we do we- that at the end. Because that leaves people end? to yeah, that leaves people to go ahead and uh, talk about it too at the end if they want to. All right. So we're gonna our question of the week. We forgot to do it last week. Um, we're gonna do it this week though. So we're gonna jump over to comics right now. The first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about this announcement that DC made, um, which I don't know if I talked about this at all in one of the last two podcasts, talking about how um, you know we weren't gonna get like an 80th and an 80th like celebration for you know uh, Joker this year. Because he got one at 75, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But apparently DC is not forgetting that it is the 80th anniversary for Joker and Catwoman. And they are getting anniversary specials that are going to be 100-page spectaculars. um, they're coming out in April. Yeah. And I believe Robin's getting one too soon? Yes. Yes. I believe Robin is getting his in either February or March. Yeah. And then uh, both Catwoman and Joker will be getting theirs in April. Yeah, so Joker is going to have uh, some hit writers from Brian Azzarello, Libra Mayhew, Paul Dini, Danny O'Neill, Scott Snyder, Tom Taylor, Jock, uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, uh, Mikael Janin, James Tinney and the Fourth, uh, Riley Rosmo, Rosmo, and many yeah. more. Very surprised to not see Tom King doing it, uh, something on that, but he is kind of jam packed right now, I guess. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be a bunch of variants for every decade, which is going to have some amazing artists on this. Now, for Catwoman, very uh, surprised with the uh, writers that we're going to be getting on this because there is no Joel Jones. Yeah. Who is the current that's what writer. I'm, that's what I was yeah, kind of disappointed in. Yeah, so there's no Joel Jones, which she is the current writer. She's not even doing – she's not even doing a cover, which yeah, she's no. one of the greatest artists, I will say that. In comics for right Catwoman, now. yeah, for yeah, for sure. Well, I think she's one of the greatest artists in general. I I love her style. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. I I really enjoy her style. I love the way she draws people. She draws women better than anybody. I think. Um, and like, I, yeah, I think she's great. And her Catwoman, I think, is the number one Catwoman out there. Even better um, than Art Germ. 
Art Germ's Catwoman. Well, see, Art Germ does those digital like style prints, and mm-hmm. I love the way she does hers. And I think she does the makeup and everything better on her characters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he's great. But Art Germ's he's amazing. But the list of writers for Catwoman are Ed Brubaker, who is really awesome. Uh, Cameron Stewart, Paul Dini again. Um, is it Anne Nositi? 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 Adam Hughes, Tom King, uh, Mikhail Janin, uh, Mindy Newell, uh, Will Pfeiffer, and uh, Emmanuel Lupacino? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Lupacino. Uh, And then they just go on to list some other artists and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, very surprised not to see Joel Jones on there. But uh, this looks like um, if I just bought the Wonder Woman 75. There's been some good stories that I've read in there. So I enjoy these little, um, you know, ba- basically they're like Batman 1000s. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of just, you know, one shot stories from different writers and stuff like that. And then some of them will be canon. Some of them won't. Well, um, you know, speaking of being canon mm-hmm. and not and Catwoman, did you hear the new rumor that has been being spread around the interwebs? About no, not. about your long-awaited bat cat. Mm-hmm. What about it? It is uh, being told throughout, like I said, rumors that mm-hmm. because there's been some ups and downs with how they are going to launch 5G and when it'll be and all of that, there's a rumor that because continuity will be kind of out of whack because of 5G, that... Mm-hmm. There's a rumor saying that Batcat is actually going to be pushed to Black Label. Ooh. Unfortunately, I would be really excited about that if they didn't have crazy rules about nudity and stuff like that. Yeah. But no. So, because we made an awesome meme about Bat Dick in this. <laughs> I still have it. Outside of this podcast. I, I still think... have it too because it's great. It is a great freaking meme. <laughs> We'll have to post it sometime somewhere, but it is a hilarious meme that we made up, which just involves two uh, comic panels that are just perfectly well done. Um, but uh, you know what? Black Label, totally fine with it. You know, if Tom King, Tom, uh, everybody knows I love Tom King's writing. We will be talking about the newer Batman here something. I will be mentioning something about Tom King later. But uh, you, know, you know what? If they want to put that on Black Label to push up those sales, totally fine with it. Um and yeah, I don't mind because I think Black Label. I'll, I don't know. I'll say I've only gotten one Black Label hardcover. And wait, because was Deceased Black Label? Deceased was not Black Label. Okay, well then never mind. Um, I don't know if I've gotten a hardcover for Black Label. To be honest, I don't know how well those are. Uh, but, um, I I will say it. It's a weird format because yeah. instead of rectangle like mm-hmm. the trades usually are, it's square. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a little uh, weird. Yeah, I just picked up uh, Spirit number two. Um, I haven't got to read it yet. So Spirit or The uh, Question? The Question. I always get those characters confused. They wear the same outfit. <laughs> um, one just has no face. But uh, yeah, so that's going to be very interesting. I did not hear that. But you know what? If it's Tom King, I'm going to read it no matter what. Um, because it's fucking Tom King. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to go on from that news about Catwoman. As all the tabs I have open on my freaking things are finally gone. And uh, I'm going to jump into, so, you know what? Because I think, did you read Batgirl? Uh, no, I skimmed through it. I, okay, I couldn't so get to it. I'm going to talk about Batgirl, and you'll talk about Detective. Because I didn't, you okay. didn't, I didn't read Detective. You did. We're just going to talk about him real quick. So, Batgirl just finished her Year of the Villain thing, which she was fighting Oracle, which was the computer system, a.k.a. her old name as well. 
um, it basically became a freaking cyborg and tried to go after her and kill her or whatever. Sentient, it became a sentient being. And um, she defeated it, and now she's kind of trying to disconnect from the world. And she's decided to get in to pick up some reading. And uh, she has a new villain on the horizon who is the author of the book series she just started to pick up. And basically what this guy can do, it hasn't been explained yet because this is the first issue, but he is somehow able to create whatever he writes like he's in a realm where whatever he writes becomes actual like just real life objects he can create a castle he can do whatever but apparently his writing sucks when it gets down to the end because he doesn't have a love in his life and uh it shows it in a few of the panels here but uh he tries to make up other fictional women you think like any nerd would try to do if he had this kind of power and none of these women actually feel real to him they don't he can't love them so he wants to get the old love of his life back and he tries to go find her and him and his like sidekick or like squire or whatever go into Gotham and they're trying to find her and trying to bring her into this realm. And all this whole time that's going on, Babs, aka Batgirl, is reading this guy's actual novels. So when it goes on later in the issue and she starts seeing stuff pop up in Gotham, or she first of all, she has these like hallucinations. She thinks she's hallucinating or she's just really tired. And uh, she goes into this realm, which I forget what it's called. It's called Unearth or something like that. And um, she's having this dream of Jason Bard, who is her current maybe love interest, somebody she's interested in, and Dick Grayson start, you know, fencing each other for the love of Batgirl. And she's like, I don't need a guy right now, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to fight over me. And she has, like, this cool armor on, in my opinion. I thought it was kind of cool. And um, she thinks she's freaking having a dream. Actually turns out to be real. She notices this on later on in the issue. And then she sees this, like, freaking castle pop up out of nowhere in Gotham. And this is post-City of Bane, so a lot of the city is actually destroyed. And they're trying to re, you know, revamp it. And so she sees this castle, and she's like, oh, my God, that's from the Unearthed book or whatever. And uh, her and Jason Bard, you know, this guy Jason doesn't know she's Batgirl. So he's all like, stay in my house. I'm going to go check this out because he's a, you know, former cop. Uh, One thing the artist or the writer didn't pay attention to in this book is this guy's had a cane for the last few issues and couldn't walk properly. He's perfectly fine now. He doesn't got no cane. Doesn't have anything. So uh, I don't know what what happened there, but he's Maybe it's all part of the hallucination. Maybe. Um, so anyways, uh, he runs in and he freaking goes into this new realm. Of course, Batgirl's like, I'm not gonna stand, you know, stand back. She jumps into this realm and, uh, this guy who has finally found the love of his life again, finds out she's dying, has to create this magic elixir out of like crazy shit. And, um, he has to think of it and she's trying to help him write because, you know, obviously she doesn't want to die. So she's down to try whatever. And, uh, the only way to get this magic elixir is he needs to create this crazy dragon that needs to be defeated in his story to save the love of his life. And, um, it, you know, he's so it, it just gets really out there and crazy. The, and the issue ends with like Batgirl and Jason Bard uh, in like night outfits about to fight this freaking, uh, you know, dragon. And it just seems it seems really weird. And somebody's probably like listening to this and be like, that sounds really stupid. But it does sound very Game of Thronesy and Lord of the Rings. So if you're into that kind of stuff, they're basically taking Batgirl into that realm, which I thought was kind of cool and different, especially after 
what we just, you know, for the last like six, seven issues, it's just been her running away from Oracle this whole time in a year of the villain storyline that was eh, kind of hit or miss on a lot of different characters. Well, I do have to ask one question. Mm-hmm. This person that is creating this other world. Yeah. He isn't a Batman character, right? Not that I know of. See, because I, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine recently uh-huh. about how I feel like a lot of the uh, Batman sidekicks or yeah. the Bat family really need, like, not necessarily the uh, the characters themselves, but the writers of these characters really need to focus in on making a rogues gallery for these characters so that way they're not always piggybacking off of Batman's characters. Yeah. Like, Batman who, I mean, Batman, Batgirl who has her own book should have her own villains. They need yeah. a rogues gallery. I feel like, if anything, there should be a writer or a storyteller at DC that's just like, hey, I'm going to just create villains for, mm-hmm. you know, the DC universe and y'all pick and choose on which characters you want to keep them as, like, their rogues gallery. Yeah. Because recently, we haven't really gotten a whole lot of freaking, like, villain stories. We've gotten a whole bunch of, like, for Flash, you know, for... Let's just talk about that real quick. Flash's biggest mm-hmm. enemy is apparently the Speed Force. And he yeah. doesn't really do much with the rogues gallery... With his own rogues, like, literal rogues anymore... And mm-hmm. even with Batman, yeah, we had a whole story with uh, Thomas Wayne and Bane and everything else. But when you go into like the deep, deep ph- philosophical thinking of it, it's about his, you know, his will to like love and and to you know not be Batman and you know all these different yeah. things. Like those are the writers' like go tos whenever they're like, oh, I'm gonna write Batman and his fear of this. Like, yeah, that's cool sometimes. But I just want to see Batman beating the shit out of somebody. Like, that's what I want sometimes. And I'm okay with it. So I want Batgirl to have these characters that I can rely on and say, hey, every once in a while, I'm going to see her kick butt against this guy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say Joelle Jones' run of Batgirl had a little bit of that. And um, I know, like, you know, Dick Grayson does kind of have his own villains, too. And that happened in Rebirth. You know, he has Blockbuster, which is mainly his one of his big villains. Yeah. And stuff like that. So I think they've tried. But at the same time, you know, I think Batman's Rogue Gallery is their Rogue's Gallery, though, too. Just because they've been through so much with Batman. They've all been his sidekicks. I mean, look at, I would say, you know, freaking, although Batman's biggest. Uh, you know, antagonist is the Joker. I would say that's the same thing for you know Barbara. I think her yeah. biggest antagonist is the Joker, and I think you could say that about Jason Todd as well. Or you could probably say it's Batman to be honest. But you know, Jason Todd has a big thing with the Joker too. Is why we're getting the three Joker story later on, whenever yeah. the hell that's gonna come out. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I do, I do totally agree with you. I do think these characters do need uh, a better Rogues Gallery. But unfortunately, there's only so much you can do with a one shot or a once a month comic book. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have a lot of time to flash these out. I do think that DC needs to go to a. If you want to keep an ongoing story like this going, that's totally fine. But I do think you should get a lot more high profile artists as well to do one shot, not one shots, but like mini series for every one of these characters every so often. Um, Just don't get the Warren Ellis's of the world because those (laughs) are not doing well. But yeah, let's just go ahead and try to breeze through the uh, the detective comics. If you can get a short summary, because we we have a lot of comics to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, 
and honestly, unfortunately, there wasn't so much into this book. You know, we, we mm-hmm. do leave off uh, where we start, basically where we left off, where that big, giant Norse god whatever was jumping yeah. in and attacking Bruce Way at this event, you know, to light up the Christmas tree. And, you know, Bruce, being the quick thinker, uh, was able to get that guy to drop his axe on an electrical cord while it's snowing. So water, electricity, metal doesn't really mix very well knocks him unconscious and then uh lucius and bruce play a little bit of acting and so he faints and he pluck you know plucks a hair from the guy's beard and you know they play this whole thing off where bruce is too you know overwhelmed and now he has to go home and they play a little joke and, and and bruce is like hey lucius you know since that whole crash on the island going back like freaking a few months ago you know your your acting has gotten a lot better, uh, mm-hmm. but he you know looks back at some of his books that he was uh, that he has in his library about uh, the Norse mythology, and he's starting to pick up a lead about this. And I guess that's one thing that I like about this book is that he's actually using detective skills, and you see yeah. a little bit more of that. It's just unfortunate that this story I felt, and 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 really whenever you read a story in comics. It takes a good three to five issues to really fill a story to be like, okay, that was satisfying. This is the end. Okay. This story was only two issues. And it left off in a sense of like, what the hell did I just read? Why isn't there more? Because he he finds out that there's an actual cult that is Mm -hmm. worshiping this thing. And he goes back to the scene of the crime where he had first seen that giant Norse symbol. And these people are just like trying to make a sacrifice. They make this sacrifice. This demon comes out of this dude's mouth, kills everyone. Yeah. And Batman tries to fight it. And the gate from that guy's mouth actually closes. And so the monster leaves. And that's the end of the story. Like Batman lost. Mm -hmm. He didn't win. Batman lost and that was it like and it ends up being this whole thing of you know saying oh well the last person that the monster tried to kill uh actually survived but he was the leader of the cult so he's going on trial and I hope that all of this just means that there isn't you know worse things to come and that was the end of the story and I'm just like that was the worst ending to a two issue story that you could ever do. Like, yeah, because it leaves me wanting more and to see that there was no point to it is even yeah. worse, you know? So, yeah, that's been kind of a lot of Tomasi's run this season. Yeah. Um, or this series. The one thing I do want to see, it's, it's funny because I don't want him on anything right now. Um, I, I want to see Scott Snyder flesh out his detective 1000 story that should be detective comics yeah for sure it really should going to this greatest detectives areas like i think you know let him leave for two or three years or whatever he's planning on doing after he does metal and like get out of dc for a little bit scott snyder and then come back and be like hey we want you to be on detective and we want you to do your so story so one thing so back in the day action comics wasn't just a superman book Mm mm-hmm Action Comics was an everybody book that, you know, was just like, okay, so action, it would be Action Comics Blackhawks. 
Yeah. And they would have like two or three story arcs. And then it would be Action Comics, Green Lantern, and they would have a story arc. And so that's what I want Detective to be with that story. So I want it to be like the Detective Comics just be those characters. Batman, Detective Chimp, Martian Manhunter, Mm. uh, Hawkman, and Hawkwoman. Yeah. And flesh out like a good freaking three years Mm. of the five of them. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a team. Maybe it's a story arc of each one individually doing a different mystery. But do stories of them and it just be that for a good three to four years. And I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I think that would be really awesome. Because I think Detective Comics should be heavily detective-based. And the Batman title should be the I'm going to kick your ass Batman title. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and I think that's in a perfect world, that's what it would be. But, you know, hopefully maybe Scott Snyder's like, oh, yeah, I would do that eventually. Um, but right now I just want to do my own thing. I mean, he's about to make millions of dollars or he already has made millions of dollars or whatever. For real. Um, but uh, which his comic? I haven't read it yet, but it still looks really weird. So, I mean, there's like sand sharks and crap in that. Yeah, it, it's uh, weird. Uh-uh. It's like a mutated world of like three, like yeah. the year 3000, basically. Yeah. I don't so. know. Uh, anyways, so that was background Detective Comics. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and read, um, freaking Batman Superman. Now, I actually enjoyed this. We left off, uh, I don't even know if we covered the last issue, but the last issue basically ended with Batman Superman kind of winning, um, you know, and beating all the villains. Not really. I don't think they won personally, but, you know, they, uh, they got away (laughs) or something like that. Uh, but it ended with, uh, Wonder Woman, um, finding out that uh, Batman and Superman were kind of keeping something from her. And the last thing was her going down to this cave. And so this issue was basically the guys like, uh, we gotta go tell her. <laughs> and they were like searching for her. And if anybody's ever read anything about Wonder Woman, she's the one woman you don't want to piss off. And uh, you know what? They find her in this cave fighting all these demons and stuff. And she's like, are you guys going to join the battle or what? So they already know they're in trouble. And, you know, they join the battle and they help her defeat all these people. And they're like, you know, Batman's like, oh, is this how she works out her frustration? And she's just killing all of these monsters. So they're just like, fuck. And now the cool thing about this panel where he says that, uh, there is all of these other smaller panels of all of the Justice League talking about like, oh, yeah. So, you know, guess what? Batman had another secret and blah, blah. blah. And everybody's kind of talking about what Batman and Superman did. Basically how they've broken the trust. And of course, Wonder Woman being the truth teller of everything and wanting honesty, she's pissed. You know, she feels betrayed like by these guys uh, who are supposed to be like her best friends are supposed to be her colleagues. And of course, she's also mad about Donna Troy being a damn villain now. So that is one of the biggest things happening right here. Um, and like there's again, this is freaking uh, David. Uh, what is it? I forgot what his last name. Um, Marquez. Uh, David, yeah. right? Or is it Dave? David? David. Dave. Blah, blah, blah. It is. Uh, let me Marquez. look at the... Uh, yeah. There is a... Where the hell is so, the credits page? Let me find that real quick. Yeah, yeah keep so, talking. Yeah, so Marquez, um, again, doing amazing art in this book. We already were looking at pages. Yeah. And like, oh, which David Marquez. Yeah. yeah, so David Marquez doing some amazing stuff. We're going to wait for whenever he posts his uh, freaking prints online because we want to check them out. 
Um, but he has some amazing art in this book. But I think um, it, basically what this comes down to is it's the guys having to kind of rethink the way they do things. And Wonder Woman uh, does this really nice line of where she's holding the lasso in front of their faces. And she was like, I never thought I was going to have to use this lasso on you guys. And she doesn't make them use it. But she was basically saying, like, I thought you guys would always be honest with me. Now I feel like I, for to find out the truth, I would need to use this lasso on y'all. And that's pretty powerful. Because these are supposed to be three best friends, three colleagues. These are the trinity. These are the top superheroes in the DC universe. And um, I think just coming from Wonder Woman, it just, I, I don't know. I got I got a little bit of, like, some emotions in that. I'm like, oh, damn. I was like, these guys fucked up. Like, For sure, like, man. You know, messed up. And, like, she is that moral compass, you know? And she's not innocent. I mean, she literally still kills people at times. But, you know, she's a warrior. You kind of get that. But she's always been that hopeful person. She's always tried to see the brighter side. And she's just kind of you know, basically saying, like, you know, basically you guys hurt me. Like, that's I never thought this would happen. And um, so the guys are all sad, and they're like, well, fuck. And they talk about how they're like, you know what, we just got to go do our own thing. And they both go back to their own cities, and they're kicking. There's this cool little montage of them kicking the asses of all of their villains and stuff like that. And then there's this awesome page of Batman and Superman just they had just beat Batman beat Scarecrow he had beat Lex Luthor and it's like a combined page of Luthor and uh, Scarecrow at the bottom their bodies are combined and Batman and Superman are in their own respective cities and it's just a really awesome page and it looks dope and uh, then there's this cool like little montage of them going back to the crime scene of uh, you know the Batman who last lair and then they kind of just talk about like oh we got to rebuild and we got to do things differently and it turns out that um, there's this cool little page of them, like, kind of, you know, getting dressed and doing what they do. I think it's a gorgeous page, to be honest. And, uh, you know, basically saying that we're, they're going to do what their villains did. Their villains had all these archives of who were going to be the most vulnerable people. He's like, why don't we do that? And why don't we share all your villains' weaknesses? You share them with me. I'll share all my weaknesses, villains. And so we know how to do this. And um, but Superman did make a good point, which I immediately thought of, like, just because mm -hmm. I have a little bit more uh, knowledge of reading uh, pre New 52 and everything. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And they said or Superman said, isn't this just like the, the OMAC project? And that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking of, just because recently uh -huh. I just reread uh, Infinite Crisis and even that yeah. uh, Dark Multiverse Infinite Crisis story. It brought that mm -hmm. up again. And he's exactly right. But Batman even said, you know what? It is, but we have one thing that is going to change that is the fact mm -hmm. that we're going to trust each other with mm -hmm. that. And we'll run it together. And we'll run it together. Yeah. 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 And so, like, there's this cool thing where they're meeting Gordon and uh, they're like, you know what? We're going to beat you. You know, we're not going to give up. We, you know, we know you wanted us to divide us, but we're going to always work through this. And now, how do you interpret this next page? When you flip the page there, uh, and Gordon's just kind of like looking down all mad. The two guys, you know, jet set away. And then he's like, if you overturn every rock to look into the dark uh, secret dangers of the world searching for the truth, you're not going to like what you find. Uh, did you interpret that he's like, oh, fuck, like they're, you know, they kind of outsmarted us? Or did you think that was just kind of, you know, dramatic build? I think it's dramatic build. Uh, but unfortunately and i like i don't want it to be true but mm -hmm. we have to remember for some reason 
like Snyder made Scott Snyder made the Batman Who Laughs like super OP for the DC yeah. universe and is like fifty bajillion steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. So this may be a part of the Batman Who Laughs plan, which yeah, I would hate. and it could be. And, and the comic doesn't end there. It ends with two people talking to each other. Um, yeah, the comic ends with two people talking to each other. And it happens to be Ra's al Ghul and uh, General Zod. And, um, yeah, I guess they're buddies. <laughs> Are they going to make a plan together for... Yeah, you know, it's a really weird, like, team-up for for yeah. them to, to come together and, and talk about this. And I made the joke about, hey, is anybody going to tell Zod that the Lazarus, the Lazarus pits are destroyed? Mm-hmm. But... And you're like, oh, I don't know if that's really true. I actually looked it up before we started recording. Yeah. So there was a story where Bane and Batman actually destroyed every single Lazarus pit except for one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Nissa, uh, Roz's mm-hmm. daughter, basically was able because like that one pit, the way it used to be, is that the pit could only be each pit could only be used once. But Nissa. Yeah did something to where each pit could be used multiple times, but there was only one left. Mm-hmm. But then she, like, stabbed Ross to death and was like, you'll just bleed out or whatever. But then there was also a tease that there's a Lazarus pit hidden deep within the Batcave. Yeah. And so that is also a tease that there might be other pits out in the world. So... Bane and Batman probably destroyed a large amount of them, but there's only a select few left on Earth. Ah, uh, okay. Well, and if you're reading Catwoman, that's pretty much what the old creepy lady has found. Yes. Is a bunch of Lazarus pits. So, yes. um, yeah, I don't think they're destroyed, and they are. There's some out there. But then there's but, also Dionysium pits. Well, and that's the thing. So, we're We're learning that lazarus pits are basically like kryptonite and there's different versions of them and yeah you know so these pits may not be lazarus pits but a some sort of pit uh because yeah, the way they good. work in catwoman is completely weird to be completely yeah. honest uh they make you like demons they make you That's demons something. they make catwoman change clothes and you know all sorts of yeah. stuff <laughs> Yeah, she uh can yeah, she changes from black to purple dress. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but anyways, <laughs> that was Batman Superman. That was uh kind of cool. So, do you uh you want to read 87 next or you want to go White Knight? What what's more interesting? You know, let's do White Knight last because, you know, I okay. did read that cliffhanger that I'm a little confused by, but we'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Let's let's go ahead and go to Batman 87. Okay, so I'll let you tee off on this one. Um, since I've been kind of discussing the majority of them. Yeah, so, you know, Batman 87, it is, you know, it it starts off really weird. It starts off with this conversation between the Riddler, who we had not seen since the You're the Villain Riddler one-shot, and which actually plays a part in this. It has a little editor's note uh, referring to that. But I will say, Edward Nygma does not look anything like himself whatsoever he almost looks alien like when you see the side profile of him he's completely naked which i made the joke you know didn't we see enough naked villains with tom king's bane but 
he is apparently being fed this like super drug that is keeping him awake. He hasn't slept in like three months or something like that. That's what he says yeah. here. And so he's basically slowly going insane, which I don't think is going to be very good for Batman or anybody in Gotham. Uh, yeah. But we see that this whole plan that this unknown character has for Batman and all of these assassins that we saw in 86 is basically endangering the uh, team up that Riddler and Penguin have. And so Penguin was like, you know what? I'm going to let go of everything. And so he kills his entire like Penguin clan, like all of his goons, yeah. everything. He kills everybody. It looks horrifying. The way they yeah. draw Penguin in this book is absolutely terrifying in the first few pages. Yeah. I love one of the first few pages, which is the title page. There's a penguin just chilling in the chair. Fucking love that. Oh, yeah. He's just like sitting yeah, there. Yeah, he's, he's like, just hey. like relaxing in a chair. It's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on. but we do see the all the assassins that we had seen last issue. They're on top of the GCPD. They're like covered in blood, but they're like also surrendering. It's really weird. Like, I guess mm. this is how Batman, Batman like just left them. And I'm just mm. like... This is the worst thing you could do. Like, they could all just run. Yeah. It's not like their legs are freaking, like, chained off or anything. So, but, I mean, it is what it is. Mm. Whatever. But they're all put into this giant Supermax, like, what do they call it? The black block underneath the yeah, GCPD. Like and both me and Juice had a problem with this new facility underneath the GCPD. Because the way they describe it, like Batman even said, we made this facility mm -hmm. so that me or my Bat family could not get out. So you're like, yeah. oh, snap. Like, this is intense. And he even, mm -hmm. like, says some examples of, like, oh, you know, this is for the Jokers of the world. This is for the Banes of the world. And, of course, these assassins. Now... And he said, there's two ways to get in. One is by, you know, the officers of the GCPD and one that I made in secret so I can go whenever, go, come and go as I please. And he goes yeah. and he talks to Deathstroke. Deathstroke is not having any of it. He's like, hey, we're going to play a little game here. Uh, you know, this is a really nice, fancy little facility you got, you know, us holding in, but we'll get out eventually, whatever. And, you know, just like any other villain taunt. And so... I thought nothing of it. He goes to find out that Cheshire is actually being replaced by a body double in that facility. So he's like, okay, you, we need to go find her. Look at the old footage, you know, from the place that they were at. He tells look, Lucius to, to look at that. He, they find him. They go to see him. We get to see a pretty lame new gadget that he has. Yeah. Uh, which is basically a, like, street legal go-kart. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's like a mechanic flatbed to get under your car. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, with pedals. <laughs> yeah. But. It's, uh, it, it's pretty dumb. And. Well, we have two gadgets, apparently. That one. And then when Cheshire gets hit by the 18-wheeler, she says that Batman has bat nail polish remover. Which, I don't know if that was said more as a joke or if it's legitimate. But, you know, be as it may. Immediately after that, what me and Juice were most pissed off about 
is that the assassins actually get out of that prison. Like, yeah. a prison that Batman said himself, hey, this is a prison that me and my family would not be able to get out of. And Deathstroke does yeah. it, like, in less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it was, um, that's bullshit. It was pretty shit. And uh, the last page is Penguin, for yeah. some reason. Uh, saying, but I'm afraid that gives me the advantage. Uh, yeah. And about, basically, uh, he's he's talking to Deathstroke and the assassins. He feels endangered. And so he's going to go on the attack to, yeah. you know, uh, for and these assassins. And he looks like Rambo Penguin. Yeah. Like, he's got, like, he's ready to fuck people up. Yeah. Granted, I like that Penguin can actually defend himself because he's always been somebody that's like, no, I need goons. Yeah. So uh, I like that he's actually defending himself. Yeah. So uh, one thing that uh, Clay also said he thought was complete bullshit was Cheshire got fucked up <laughs> by an 18-wheeler and she lived nonchalantly. Granted, I will say, I don't know everything about Cheshire. I don't know if she has some kind of healing ability, yeah, see, like Deathstroke no, like, or anything I, like that. I legitimately have always read Cheshire as just a regular human who is trained as an assassin. And mm. she got hit by an 18-wheeler. This isn't some, like, okay, she, she, you know, bounced off of it and then flew in another direction. No, yeah. she gets, like, completely... Yeah, she indents the grill yeah. of this thing. Yeah. And um, one thing I will say, kind of, if I wanted to be nitpicky here... uh. Unless they reveal that she does have some superhuman healing ability that Batman knew of as well, Batman straight up let her get hit by a car. Yeah. And I she literally died. just thought about this. Yeah, she could have died because his new gadget goes under cars um, because it's so fast and so like low to the ground that, uh, yeah, he basically almost let her die. Um, so that can be something nitpicky. We're not going to really hone in on that too much because but the new gadget was kind of, kind of lame. I will say that, I'm looking at the page right now where she gets hit by it. Mm-hmm. And when the truck finally stops, I'm assuming all that red stuff is blood. Um, yeah, uh, it could be oil. Um, I mean, we work at an oil like, plant, you know, oil is pretty yeah, bad at times. So, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it's still, she does get fucking the, she gets the shit knocked out of her. So, uh, that's pretty crazy that, uh, you know, that happened. So I'm hoping they reveal that she just has some kind of new power. Um, yeah, this, this issue, and the one thing I was telling Clay, that this issue from the previous issue feel very different. They don't, and I compare it to Tom King's. I feel like every time you would read a Tom King story, it had the same vibe. And, like, it just felt like the story flew very well together, or at least just had this same just feeling to it. I feel like these two issues, maybe it's the art, I don't know, just feel very different from the previous one. And, um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe it's because the first one did have a lot of action in it. It had a lot of gadgets in it. And it was just Batman being a badass. And it, you know, referred to the story that, uh, you know, he had just lost Alfred. And we were getting little bits of information there. This one just seems like it was more about the villains. And we we're getting a little bit more information about this designer person. Um, the only, And, yeah, the them escaping this prison in this issue when it's first introduced was complete and utter bullshit because things like that i feel like you need to build up 
You need to build them up. Like you put this in issue one and you don't reveal this till issue 60. Like somebody doesn't get out of this thing for like that many issues. Like it has to be a long time because then you're like, oh crap. And um, you can even reference it throughout. Like, no, we check on Joker every single day at the black box or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he's been in there securely, blah, blah, blah. You, you build that up and, um, yeah, I don't know. They beat it, uh, uh, like, just quickly. The only reason or the only thing I think that will save that is that the designer designed this. Yeah. And I think that's the only reason or I think that's how they got out um, is because this new designer guy is going to be just knows everything about Batman. Maybe works for Batman or has worked for Batman or something. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I will say at the same time, two issues in, we haven't seen anything with Luke, surprisingly. Um, I think that I don't think Luke will be a big part until halfway into the series, yeah. uh, realizing that Lucius has not really been a family man anymore because he's so fixated on helping Batman. I think that will be yeah, the big sure. thing. And he'll be yeah. like, hey, I don't think this is cool. If you want to do this, then I need to be a part of it, too. And that's how yeah. Luke will be introduced. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will say I did like the way um, Catwoman was drawn in this. I know you said you weren't a big fan of it because it was too shiny for you. But I am a fan of when women are actually drawn sexily in video in comics at times. I'm not somebody that gets too bent out of shape about it. Uh, when they're, you know, when they're made to look okay. Sometimes they're really overly done in proportions. But I think this one was, uh, you know, nicely done. I really liked it. I like the full page spread of one of them um, where she's like, it has panels over her. Yeah. I really enjoyed that page. I thought that was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, I, I like seeing Harvey Bullock as the commissioner right now. Um, I think that's kind of cool as well. But, uh, yeah, this was an okay thing. I'm going to continue buying it. But I will say, so far in Tinian's run, it's okay. Um, I did enjoy the first issue. I thought the detective and the gadget stuff was really cool. I just hope he doesn't force feed us these like crazy gadgets every single issue. Well, I mean, it's cool if he but has that's what he things. said. He said he's going to have gadgets in every issue. Yeah, but but hopefully it's like, oh, here's a new battering that does this. And that's it. And I we don't need to explain everything. That's one thing we were saying too. Like they explained how I was going to say works. I feel I feel like each one of these gadgets is going to be like one of those like a uh, Kind of like how Batman Beyond or even Batman the Animated Series was. Yeah. Or at least the way I'm remembering it is like, ooh, you know, with this new tech. And it's like they have to take time out of their way to be like, oh, yeah. this is how it works. This It's almost like a, a, a video game thing. Like, yeah. oh. But, and then how they like look at it and examine it. Arkham Games. That's exactly what it is. It's the Arkham yeah, Games. for sure. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. what it is. But, uh, yeah, so that that's Batman 87. Um, I will say that I'm already kind of, uh, I want Tom King to drop back at already, you know? <laughs> like, I, I enjoy Tinian, but the only thing that bothers me with Tinian is I know this is short-lived, so I feel like he's going to try to jam-pack a lot of stuff in 15 issues. And that's what worries yeah. me. Um, so we'll see where the story is going. I think it's interesting. I want to see what's up with this designer. I swear to God, if it's somebody that used to work for Bruce Wayne, I'm going to be pissed because that's very cliche. Like, oh, he fired me because I was like, that's very whatever. I hope that's not the story. But we're going to move on to freaking Sean Murphy's 
Batman Curse of the White Knight. Book six out of what? How many are we going to get? Eight. Eight. So we got two more. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take the helm on this one? Because, you know. Yeah, I could, I I could, I could do that. So yeah. what, you know, the big thing for me, you know, this was a fast read compared to, I feel like, the rest of the books. You know, I wasn't really looking at the page count for this one because I was just like, yeah. boom, 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 boom. I feel like this one was just kind of get up and go as far yeah. as, you know, what was going on. And mainly, I think because most of our side characters, most of our big uh, side characters for this story uh, aren't in this book. You know, of course, we have R.I.P. Gordon, uh, but yeah. like we don't see Dick. We don't see uh, Barbara. Uh, it's mainly just Harley, uh, Duke, Joker. And of course, uh, we have uh, the, 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 the the oh my Asriel? god Azrael yeah yeah sorry but we pick up where we left off in the new Arkham where Joker and Azrael are killing everybody uh, killing all the security but we get a glimpse of Batman and Harley and Batman has this feeling that Harley isn't telling him the entire story of what uh, Napier and her were talking about but she says trust me just trust me that everything will be fine and we're good to go. And, you know, they the GTO gets the call about New Arkham. They are, you know, at the scene. They see all the dead bodies. Or, no, no, not even that. They are at the, uh, what is it? The, the building where Bane and Ruth were killed from yeah, Azrael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They found out about Bane and uh, Ruth. They look at the list of people who are on the list of the elites and there's a big cliffhanger there. They don't explain anything, but Batman is trying to find out more information about Azrael, about what Joker's plans are. So he goes to see Jason blood and Jason blood is a member of St. Dumas. He's a, he's a, what does he call himself? He calls himself a, a knight, a knight of the, uh, yeah, but you know, this big secret that everybody is keeping from Batman, you know, mm-hmm. we think, or Batman thinks he knows it. And so he yeah. tells Jason, he's like, hey, I understand all everything that happened, and I don't care. I just want to stop these people. And he's like, well, what do you know? Batman says it, and he's like, well, that's not the entire story. This is what's going on. You know, yeah. uh, St. Dumas wanted to do this. He needed to do this. And so, you know, he picked up Wayne, and they basically acted as criminals and they infiltrated the valley of 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 gotham and they made wayne a killer basically a criminal like he said and that's when he finally killed uh laffy the vampire Mm -hmm. and you know we get a glimpse of who jason blood really is and i thought that was really cool i know yeah that was cool i don't think it's gonna turn into anything because we still have two issues um, yeah. We only have two issues. Um, I feel like if they were to do it, it might be like last issue type thing. Uh, but we do see a glimpse in the mirror of Etrigan. And let me just say, Etrigan's like, uh, just figure in Murphy's art looks menacing mm-hmm. and awesome. So yeah. I did like that. Uh, we do learn about uh, the uh, GTO getting uh, attacked. Uh, Batman had told Harley to go to the GTO for safety reasons. 
and she ends up getting hurt and she had a few cracked ribs. Uh, Asriel and Joker took the twins and Harley's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm tired of you telling me to just sit back and relax. I'm going with you. You need me to help you. And Batman's like, no, you you were going to sit tight. I'll get your kids. And she's like, you stupid idiot. You know, I've I've been helping you do all this stuff because I care about you. And it's just like, yeah. oh, we knew this was coming. Yeah. And she even says it. She says, I don't know if it's just my need to uh, or, or my attachment to fucked up guys. But, you know, I I care about you and we need to do yeah. this. And I I think that's how this book is going to end. I I genuinely think that uh, Bruce will basically be the, you know, sugar daddy to Harley Quinn and be raising two kids. Oh, yeah. They fucking by the end of this. For <laughs> sure. They totally are. But yeah. they uh, they go to con- uh, confront Azrael and Joker. Azrael, I mean, Batman fights Azrael while Harley finds Joker we do see a glimpse of Napier again and he basically tells her, Hey, I'm going to just kill myself. This is the only way to save the children. And before he can pull the trigger, the gun just goes flying. And he's like, Oh, he won't let me do it. And we see kind of that duality two face type thing, uh, with Joker and Napier. And we get a cliffhanger of a bang when Joker is jumping towards Harley, but we don't see anything. Yeah. That's when we see Azrael and Batman fighting again. And that's when the reveal of the cliffhanger that I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I understand. Like I understand what like kind of cliffhanger they're going for, but I don't know if I understand it because when this reveal comes up, Joker says, where is it? Oh, you've got it all wrong. Batman. It wasn't Bakar who died next to Laffy. It was Edmund, meaning Edmund mm-hmm. Wayne. And he said, with Arkham, with Arkham dead, Bakar's plan was almost complete. All he needed to do was eliminate Edmund. And he says, then he could steal his identity, flood the valley, and start rebuilding Gotham. Edmund barely survived the fall into the well. Before he died, he left a message on the wall, a message in his own blood. That message being, I am Edmund Wayne says i hope that it would one day reveal hoping that it would one day reveal the truth that bakar was an imposter so he says that's why i'm always smiling batman because the because the joke i was told in edmund's tomb that gotham's greatest hero is this descended from criminals that for uh that you're using a, for, a stolen fortune to wage a war uh on crime that your family helped create don't you get it bruce you're not really a wayne as Riel is so is edmund not the great-grandfather of bruce or is bakar the great-grandfather of bruce well that's that's what i am very confused on i am too, so it, confused yeah it makes it seem like um, I mean, because the resemblance there is there, you know. What yeah, I mean? that's Edmund what I'm saying. And, yeah. Now, now it does show that Edmund was kind of getting some freak on, yeah. with somebody in Gotham, which I feel like is of high royalty. Yeah. So I think that 
Edmund mm-hmm. had a child, which would be the descendants of, I would guess, the Waynes, because eventually that yeah. woman would be like, "Hey, you know, this mm-hmm. is got to yeah, be that sure. gu- that's this has got to be that guy's child. He's not around, mm-hmm. but his name was Wayne. I might as well give him that name." Yeah, you know, type of thing. Well, I mean, it's it's not really clear there because it says this guy stole his identity. And that would mean, but at the at the same time, he says that you're not really a Wayne as Riel is, but I mean he's a fake Wayne, so like you know because his identity was stolen. Yeah. So like I'm so I, confused. I'm assuming they want you to think that Bruce Wayne is not a Wayne, and maybe he's an Arkham or he's a something Th- else. That's that's what I'm saying. I like it was I stupid. I understand what they're getting at. But the yeah. the way they executed it was like just it, it didn't make sense because yeah. yeah when Jason Blood was explaining about Azriel it didn't he, they didn't tell where Azriel came from just the yeah. fact that he was raised by Saint Dumas you know the the mm-hmm. the clan or the cult of Saint Dumas and. That he was a killer, and that's why they sent him to war and all this stuff. Like, I I don't know who was what, you know? And that's what's yeah. very confusing. But to be completely what, honest... I, mean, I guess what it could the turn way out to be these is stories... that Bacar... Well, I was going to say, like, so if Bacar took the identity of Wayne, and he had all these descendants, then Bruce could actually be a descendant of Bacar, and, not, and Azriel can actually be a descendant of Edmund... Because is that what they're they trying him, to? I mean, I that would make more sense to me because then how the fuck does Bruce Wayne get the Wayne name if he's not a descendant of the Bakar guy? Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. Well, I I, I, I think what... that if they were actually if if freaking uh I almost forgot the name of the writer of this stupid book uh Sean Murphy. Murphy. If Murphy had like an extra two pages to yeah. explain that a little bit more, yeah, maybe I'd be like, oh shit. But like yeah. I said, because of the execution, because of how it, it just was laid out there, I'm more mm-hmm. confused than anything. I don't understand what is going on. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. It is very confusing. Um, and I, I do get where he was trying to go. But it does it doesn't make sense. So like how is Bruce Wayne a Wayne? You know, if is he automatically a descendant of Bakar? And if if that's the case, then why is Azriel an actual Wayne? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, it doesn't make sense. So um Well I and don't the, know. the big the big thing, the big cliffhanger at the end of this book though, is yeah. right after that, Harley Quinn comes out of nowhere, attacks Azriel. And then Joker goes after Harley, and Harley mm-hmm. has his big gun, and Harley shoots him in the face. Yeah. And we see Napier, and, you know, Batman makes the promise that she'll be okay. Yeah. So. Meaning, I'm going to bang your girl while you're dead. Yeah, is basically. Is what he's saying. Basically. Oh, uh, yeah. So, but it uh, looks like in the next issue, we're going to get a little bit of history of Wayne of basically where he came from because we see the two swords uh and then we see a picture 
with Harley and Batman, and that's when you know, oh yeah, it's gonna go oh, yeah. down. They banging. Yeah, yeah, because it's she's like in a robe and stuff, and he's in what he's probably in the Batcave. Well, he doesn't have a Batcave anymore, so he's probably in one of his safe houses or whatever. She's in a Harley Quinn outfit, and she's on like oh, like on her knees and shit. Like it's gonna be okay. And because we're going to bang is what they're going to do. <laughs> and then uh, it looks like he talks to Barbara. Barbara's learning to walk again. And I guess she, it looks like she's going to be part of the GCPD. And then there's a big photo of Batman, which is she going to go after Batman, which would make no sense there either. I know she's mad at him, but why would she walk and talk with him? And then you know, like he's enemy number one. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. It's. I do feel like Sean Murphy, one, has still not even addressed the ending of White Knight. Dude, I'm telling you, that's all retconned. He's probably I retconned know, it. But he needs to freaking come out and say that on Twitter or something. Like, yeah, we retconned it. Um, I didn't like it. I wanted to change it. Because it's it's a huge cliffhanger. And, you know, if, if he's going to go back and do this one shot, I, I don't even think he wrote it. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Um, that one shot for Mr. Freeze, then go back and do a damn one shot of Batman talking to Gordon. You know what I mean? About that. That's or whatever. True. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. Curse of the White Knight, I don't think is, I don't know. I feel like Sean Murphy was like, I'm going to try to go as crazy as possible with this. And he basically killed the whole rogues gallery in the last issue. And then now he just killed Joker. Yeah. And so, like, this story ends with White Knight. Like, it's over after this. They're going to do Beyond or whatever it's called. That's going to be a new character. So, like, that's going to be Terry McGinnis or whoever. Because we all know that Sean Murphy is a child of the animated series, like a lot of us are. And he probably also watched Batman Beyond. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna pay two. I'm gonna pay all homage to the animated series, two books about the original, and then I'm gonna do my final one is gonna be Beyond. And I think that's what he's doing. Yeah. Um. And I, you know what? I I applaud him for doing something different. That is for sure. Uh. But I'm just not. I'm not feeling it. If I'm being 100% honest. And unfortunately, a lot of these books that do have these great concepts, a.k.a. Deceased, can be amazing every issue. And when it comes to the ending, it just falls flat. And I think Murphy has not... I don't. I will say that I'm not enjoying White Knight as much as I was enjoying... Uh, no, I'm not enjoying Curse as much as I was enjoying White Knight. Yeah, for sure. So, um, But, I mean, it's still nice to look at. It's still cool. But I think, uh, I don't know if it needs two more issues at this point. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what else are they going to do? Uh, I feel like the next issue should end it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that that is all the comics that we have for this week. So, we're going to end it on Clay's question, which is, if you guys haven't seen this, if you're a new listener, we, I wanted to start introducing just odd philosophical questions about Batman, anything to do with Batman, just random questions. The first one I asked was if uh, Poison Ivy should hate vegans. That's the first thing we talked about. We didn't do one last week, and now Clay has a question that he's going to close this podcast out on. Yeah, so recently I reread Superman Red Sun, okay? Uh And so in that book, you can see Superman as both a good guy and a bad guy in that story. But in that story, guess who's the ultimate good guy still? 
Batman. Batman. Batman is played as a good guy in this story, which really got me thinking. In every Elseworld story, we see Batman as a good guy. Could there yeah. ever be a story with Batman as a villain, legitimately? Well, I mean, I guess it. Go- I mean, isn't that what metal is? No, because that is Batman who laughs. That is Barbados. Those aren't really like. That's not mm. Batman. So you're talking about Bruce Wayne just being a villain, and not dark multiverse stuff. Yeah. Because um, even like I, mean, I I understand that you could say that like oh this is an Elseworld story, but even mm-hmm. like Injustice, Injustice, yeah. like in a in a story where you thought it could go either way, Batman mm-hmm. is still depicted as the good guy. You know, so do you think that there could ever be a story that Batman could be a villain or do you think us as a society in our world, like as readers Mm -hmm. and creators, has put Batman on on such a high pedestal that he can't fall from it? Uh, Yeah, I I would say we have put him on that pedestal, but I, I think I would argue that those that story that you're saying that it might be impossible is metal. Like, I think that's what I would say because those are all the bad versions of Bruce Wayne, the, the, the nightmare versions, as they say. But I think Batman is always a character at his core should be somebody that overcomes everything. And it's why I've related to the character so much because I've been through shit in my life. And I like that. He's never gives up like Tom King's that, that fucking panel of him fighting Bane where he's like, you know, he just says it. I know I've said it on this podcast before, but he's like, you know how many times I hear saying, it's over, Batman. You're done, Batman. He's like, I hear it every damn night. He's like, and I'm still here. Like, that is one of the best fucking Batman pages in his history, I think. Because it just shows the character. Um, but I do think we have put him on a pedestal. And, you know, it's it. You know what? You are somebody that is a big advocate of Man of Steel, and I think Superman has been put on this pedestal for so long that that's why some people didn't like Man of Steel because they couldn't see him be somebody that would let his father die, be somebody that is a mopey asshole at times. But, you know, like, they just wouldn't allow it. And But, you know, you as a Superman fan, you're like, no, I can see it, I can see it. I enjoy the Dark Knight Metal stories. I think they yeah. are some of the best one-shots that you can read. They're exciting, they're different, they're cool. And, um, but I don't know if I, if I would enjoy a full blown story where Batman is just the villain all the time. Yeah. I like that. He is always the, you know, he's his tactics and way he does things are terrifying and evil. You know, they're, they're meant to scare you, but he's always like the ultimate goodness in the end of it. You know, he's humanity is basically what he is. And I think that's why people relate to Batman so much. So, um, yeah, and that's very interesting, but I think if we, I, I guarantee you, if we were to like throw this out in the ether, which if you are listening to this podcast, hit us up on our Instagrams and everything. You can find these in the description of the podcast bios, um, and let us know what you think. I would say a lot of people would point to those metal stories, to be honest. So, because they are evil. I mean, he kills, he does everything. I mean, the Batman who laughs is that story, which I mean, it's probably for the best that Batman doesn't go evil because we've seen how fucking terrible it is when he is. Like, it's just yeah. annoying. 
So it's just like, yeah, let's just make him a good guy where we can actually care about him. <laughs> um, because Batman Who Laughs is just the the. I think I feel like that's something people always theorize about. Like, what if Batman and Joker were one guy? They'd be unstoppable. And now it's just too much. I'm like, I don't care. Take go back, go back, go back. Um, but uh, that is gonna be it, ladies and gentlemen. This is a jam packed podcast today. We're almost getting near two hours, which is crazy. Yeah, I want to play some real. video games. I don't know if I'm gonna play some Odyssey anymore. I know for real. Like, That's what I was thinking just now. Yeah. So, um, but that is gonna be it, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This is episode 24, I think. We're we're getting up there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we will be back next week with whoa! It's what's gonna come out next week because we just got the main titles this week. Next week, let's see here. Let's see so here. It'll be very interesting. Let me take it's, a look. Real hopefully, quick. it's not Criminal Insanity because those are bi bi monthly. Yeah, those are bi monthly, um, so it's not gonna be this week. Uh, this next week is gonna be the 29th. So yeah. let's see here. If anybody else wants to do this, what I'm doing is there's a website called Fresh Comics. You put Fresh Comics in Google and then put mm. the date for where you want to go. So Fresh Comics, January 29th, 2020. And it'll have everything that's coming out uh, from every publisher. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the DC section of that to see if there's any Batman books for the podcast. It's getting a little scarce. I also feel like I haven't gotten Justice League in a very long time. I don't know why. I'm oh, that one that one was forever. that one was pushed back. That one was confirmed oh, okay. to be pushed back, which sucks because if anybody read that Hell Arisen book, um mm -hmm. it actually spoils thirty nine and then they pushed it back even further. Oh. So like okay. that just sucks for anybody who accidentally read that book. Yeah. But oh I bought the second okay, issue I just so, Let's see here. Um, we the least exciting way to end this podcast. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, we get uh, Detective Comics Annual Number Three. Didn't we just have one? Uh, no. That was well. Thinking, yeah, Annual I Number Two I was a while ago. Like I think yeah. in like November. Mm. Uh, Justice League 39 which we were just talking about it was delayed but it's coming out this week uh, right. then we have Suicide Squad 2 for Harley Quinn Ooh, yeah, that yeah. Was good. and then the long awaited book that I told you about like freaking last summer was mm -hmm. The Bat and the Cat 80 Years of Romance <sighs> Damn, that's gonna set me back. I want that. Yeah. How much is that? Does it say the retail price? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it will tell me the retail price, but let me double oh, check. Oh man, that that is that's gonna be like forty bucks. I think I'm gonna have to Amazon that because at the shop it's gonna be pretty crazy. Yeah, actually, so... you can actually uh like just search that on Amazon to see the price because they will yeah. have like uh freaking pre-orders on that too. So let me look that up actually. Real yeah, quick. so um, I'm a big, we've talked about this before on the podcast, I'm a huge Bat-Cat person. I actually love that stuff. Uh, Hopeless Romantic in the deep core. Hardcover is going to be $40 on Amazon. Oof, yeah, I got to get that though. Because, uh, I don't know, I just, I love that relationship and I always hate that Batman's the only one 
They ain't got a side piece or like a solid side piece all the time. Like everybody else does, but he doesn't. Well, I guess Dick Grayson's the same way. He ain't got a solid, but he's all over there doing his <laughs> own thing all the time. Um, but yeah, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for Batman News Weekly Podcast. We appreciate you listening to us every week here. Although I don't always upload these on time, I apologize. I just, I forget. There's so much going on in my life that I just completely forget to upload these on time. So I apologize for not uploading on Fridays. I will try to get that back on schedule. But they're usually up Sunday uh, at the latest. But that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Juicebox. He is Fanboy Clay. Batman is always awesome. We'll see you guys next time. Batman! News Weekly!